0: everybody, welcome to the Catholic Influencer Podcast, a conversation to help Catholic influencers like you and me to go deeper and further in influencing our world for Jesus. I'm your host, Father Rob Gallia. And I'm your co-host, Danny Sullivan. And today we're going to be talking to you about Catholics and Divorce. Another tough topic to talk about today. We're choosing them, aren't we, like, yeah. Over the last few weeks?
1: I feel like we is an exaggeration. One of us is definitely keen to do these big discussions, and another one's like, oh, can we talk about, like, vocation, maybe?
0: <laughs> there we go. We won't say who's, lo- who's looking for the bigger topics. Mm. But, um, yeah, today we're, we're talking about something quite a sensitive um, topic, I suppose, because, uh, I mean, I suppose you and I, everybody knows someone who has been through. Divorce. In mm. fact, actually, the statistics are quite high.
1: Yeah, I think it's like 35 to 50% of marriages these days end in divorce. That's
0: crazy. It's so like they're yeah. so
1: high for, you know, everyone, I hope everyone goes into marriage with like these intentions that it's going to last forever. But then such high statistics saying it doesn't.
0: Yeah, that's right. I'm, you know what? I'm impressed in all this that you managed to say the word statistics. <laughs>
1: Some wondering. people wouldn't think that um, <laughs> English is my first language. Yeah, that's right. It's my right. only language, and I struggle.
0: But it, but it is high. It is high to, to think that um, so many marriages end up in divorce, even though I, I know, uh, so at least the people I know, that have been through divorce um, uh, didn't intend for the marriage to end in divorce. But mm. you, you and I know that um, relationships fizzle out and people change, and things happen and for, for thousands and thousands of reasons. And there, uh, it's interesting that um, if I start off with this statement, which sounds a bit harsh, but you know, um, the church does not recognize civil divorce. That's a bit harsh, eh? Yeah, a little bit. It is a little bit harsh, but let me try and explain what I mean by this, because uh, today what we want to talk about is, is uh, Catholics and divorce, but also uh, the process of annulment, what it means. And I'll just to want to explain what the sacrament of marriage is, okay? So marriage is one of how many sacraments? Then Seven. seven sacraments. Yes. There are seven sacraments. You got that right. Thanks. And past <laughs> and, catechesis. Yes. So the and this uh, uh, every one of the sacraments is a sign. Okay. You become the. For example, the Eucharist is a sign of God's sacrifice of the cross with us. The the anointing of the sick is the sign of God's healing in this world.
1: I remember one time. I think we were like on a road trip, Father Rob, and mm-hmm. you're like, "Well, what's a sacrament?" And I like. Either didn't know Or just completely blanked And you seemed really like Concerned that I didn't know <laughs> <laughs> I probably Should have known And then you drew it into me Like no like a sacrament Is a visible sign Of the invisible mystery oh, Of God
0: that's
1: And great. I, I can't forget That sentence now So it's just A sacrament is like visible sign Of the invisible mystery Of God yes. So marriage is a visible sign Of, of the
0: invisible mystery Of God And um, what is the mystery We're talking about?
1: God's love yes.
0: <laughs> Good one <laughs> That's great. Okay, so it is it is a, a sign of God's of God's love, unconditional love, okay? And and when we uh, when people commit to marriage, they commit to three things. In fact, in an interview when before I were preparing for marriage and also at the marriage itself, there are three questions always that we ask the couple. And the first question is that, have you come here freely and without reservation? No one's forcing you to get married. Okay? So that's the first thing. Why? Because that is the way God loves us, freely. And without reservation, no one's forcing God to love us. The second thing I ask is that you realize that this marriage is forever. That there's a permanence about marriage, and that's again God's sign. God's saying that I'm going to love you, and this is what we commit in in marriage. We say until death do us part, and so that's the the permanence of marriage. But the third thing is also the openness to life that we in End, at some point in the marriage or throughout the marriage to be open to life. Because love, the love of a couple, does not end in itself. It's always transcendent. And that's the way God's love is for us. It's creative. And when we're together as husband and wife, there you become a sign of, of God's creative love. So the church, as a, as a priest, and, um, uh, but also the church in itself, is a protector of the sacrament, the sign of God's love. The <laughs> And that is, why, that is why it does not recognize civil divorce. In fact, uh, Jesus talked about divorce. In the, in the, um, the, they asked him about divorce. Should, um, should a, a husband uh, divorce his wife, say, if he burns the toast? Which was enough. Like, I don't know if they had toast then, but that was enough for the, to, um, the husband. It was always the husband who could write a script of divorce and say, hey, I've divorced you, and then the woman is left alone. That's a bit unjust, don't you think?
1: Oh, my gosh. Does she have any, like, heads up? Or does it just like, come in the mail one day?
0: <laughs> Maybe not in the mail. Maybe okay. left on her pillow or something Aww. the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so know sad. how it was delivered, but but it was a very unjust. But anyway, I, I take away the injustice part. But there's also the um, what Jesus says, listen, you cannot divorce your wife. You cannot, even wives, you cannot divorce your husband. And this is a bit crazy because it was a, a bit unfair for the Jews because the Jews, according to Moses, they were alive. to divorce their wives and they were allowed to divorce their husbands. But, and Jesus keeps on saying even over, even when he was asked over and over again, he says nothing, no one can separate what God has put together. And uh, in fact, we even mentioned that during the wedding ceremony.
1: So if no one, like if earth can't separate what God has put together, what about marriages that then fall apart? Because like with that statistic 35 to 50% of marriages are ending in divorce. So obviously not all marriages are going to stick together. Not even Catholic ones with the best of intentions. That's right. What do we have as Catholics?
0: Okay, so well, I'll start to say this: that the Church um, recognizes that some marriages uh, don't sort of are not healthy, and some relationships fall apart. And this is one of the things that the Church asks and um, recommends is, is something called separation. Okay, so that is where um, they recognize, hey, for example, that a relationship is no longer working, or it, it, it's 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 um, no that there is no love in this relationship. So it does. Say, that there's there's um, separation, but separation is always a last resort, okay? The church will always recommend that we do everything in our power to bring this marriage back together. Not, of course, if there's abuse in the relationship, okay? It's important to get away, particularly if there's non-resolvable, non-abuse um, that is persistent, okay? And through counseling and to find separation. And then, and then, if this... If they feel or they um, ha- they have reason to, to think that this relationship was not valid in the first place, there's the, the process of annulment.
1: Is it like, I know that growing up was kind of like, oh yes, annulment was a word that was spoken about. How different is it from a divorce? Is it just the Catholic version of a divorce? Like what has to happen for someone to be annulled?
0: Well, first of all, an annulment is not a Catholic version of divorce, okay? It's not a Catholic divorce. So when we're saying annulment, we're using the word annul, which means null, null and void, okay? So, once a sacrament has happened, there's nothing that can separate the sacrament. God is not going to stop loving us because we have been, um, we stopped loving. God is not going to stop loving us just because, even if we're unfaithful, God is not going to stop loving us. That's the same with marriage, that marriage is still valid even if one is unfaithful and one is not faithful to their their commitment to marriage. But also, um, what it looks back is is the the process of 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 the sacrament looks at marriage and sees if the marriage was valid whether it was a sacrament in the first place So we'll look at the 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 three things that happens in marriage, that, for for example, the freedom, the things we talked about at the beginning, that it is the permanence of marriage and that the openness to life, and make sure that those were there in the first place, because if they were not, then, even though they exchanged vows, even though there was a wedding ceremony, maybe it was a, a marriage, but it wasn't a sacrament of marriage. Okay, because like the the state, just because the state approves a marriage, does not mean it is a sacrament. Because the state can approve a marriage even if the married the couple don't intend to stay forever. They can still approve a marriage if they decide to be o- not open to life. And even if they are, even if it's an organized marriage, they're being forced to marriage. The state can still validly marry you, but it, it will. It's not a valid sacrament. So it looks through this through a process of annulment to check um, whether the marriage. Was was valid. Now this could be tough, just because, like, you think, like, well, okay, my parents have gone through an annulment and they have been approved of an annulment. But what what does that mean for me? Was I, I born out of a marriage that wasn't a marriage? Was I born out of uh, a place that that there was no love? <laughs> But just because there's an annulment doesn't mean that the couple weren't compatible. And it doesn't mean that the couple were not in love. But it does mean that there were impediments To the sacrament.
1: Okay, so these impediments to marriage, do they have to be against those three things? So the freely, the forever, and that open to life. What are some examples that might
0: then make an annulment be approved? Well, look, I'd start off by saying that the church doesn't take this lightly, okay? So it goes through an intense, an intense investigation, so to speak. It asks questions and it will not say that a sacrament is not there and was not valid unless it knows beyond the shadow of a doubt that it was not a sacrament. And that is where, once there is no sacrament, of course, the, the, it allows for remarriage, okay? For example, um, maybe someone gets married because they feel guilty, they feel sorry for their fiancé or, or their boyfriend, and they think, oh, this guy really wants to get married, or the guy feels sorry for the girlfriend because she wants to get married, but he's not so sure about it. So maybe um, he was he was motivated out of guilt or guilted into something this. or maybe she got pregnant, for example, and she he feels that he owes it to her and owes it to the family to get married. Well, there was if there is no freedom in that, if guilt is the motivation, then there's a possibility that that was not a valid sacrament. Or maybe, for example, there are some secrets in the marriage. Someone, one of them is having an affair but doesn't tell the other person and they don't intend to get married forever. Or someone did it because they want to get a visa to get into a country, but they they um, they don't tell their spouse about it. They manipulate the person into something like that. So, of course, that. That will not be a valid sacrament. Or even maybe someone is saying that they, um, thinking that when they get into marriage that they don't want to have kids, but they don't tell, they don't tell the their future spouse about it. So these, if they can prove these things, then yes, these become reasons and impediments to the sacrament of marriage. So through a process, the the church th- discerns and tries to figure out whether that was a valid sacrament in the first place. And if it wasn't, then it will grant an annulment.
1: Okay, so for an annulment to be a- Approved Mm -hmm. to say that that sacrament is invalid, something has to have happened pre wedding. Yeah, that's right. So, if something happens in the marriage, so they went into it completely faithful and then one, you know, party cheated on the other, you know, unfaithful, can that have an annulment or does it have to have
0: happened pre wedding? Wedding Well, look, you see the marriage is is about the intention going into the sacrament, okay so like when it comes to, for example, celebrating the Eucharist and consecrating the Eucharist, there's a, in, a lot of intention there, so the intention of the priest is to consecrate the bread that is on the altar on the corporal or, or wherever there. So if there's no intention, for example, and they left the Eucharist at the back in the sacristy, and there was no intention to consecrate that, then whether that you, you want it or not, it's not that the intention was not there. So so, I cannot intend it after. Now, when it comes to marriage of a couple, the minister is not the priest, the minister are the couple. So, the intention needs to be there before. If they are unfaithful to the marriage after, then it is still a sacrament. One is unfaithful, or two are unfaithful to the sacrament, but still they made that promise to be faithful, to continue to be with each other, to continue to love one another till death do them part. And this is so tough. It it is so tough, but we cannot undo what God has put together. Those are his clear words in the scripture and also clearly the teachings of the church.
1: Okay, I get that, but it seems a bit harsh. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, to say like, yeah, you were married and even though the mistakes have happened now, you're still married and like, there's you can't be annulled. So, you know, like, let's say this happens early on, there's the church wouldn't let someone go and get remarried mm-hmm. because it happened. I don't know. It's just confusing. And it, it seems it is, harsh, but I get it. it.
0: Well, it, it is harsh. And, and the, the sacraments, but the sacraments, when we go into sacraments, what God has tied together, we cannot, we cannot undo. Now, the sacrament, the validity of the sacrament is still there, but it doesn't mean that the couple have to live together and live as a married couple. And that is why there's the, the importance of separation and and things like and counseling and so on and so forth. But the, the, even though it is hard and it is delicate, and it's difficult to, to, to deal, especially when marriages and relationships fall apart, the church does try to approach this with love as much as possible.
1: That makes things a lot clearer. Um, but, you know, you and I, Father Rob, neither of us are married, so we haven't been through a process like this. So we're going to have an interview now with Sam Clear, who's going to talk a bit about um, the process that he went through with his divorce and annulment, and helps shed some light into that of what it's like to go through this, through this whole process and remain faithful. with Sam, Sam, you've joined us today to talk about divorce and annulment and your experience of it. I just wonder if you could introduce yourself and maybe share a bit about why we've asked you to speak today.
2: It's strange in a way to be invited to speak on this because I spent my whole life speaking but definitely not about divorce and annulment. Uh, I have a background in mechanical engineering. I work full-time in youth ministry around Australia and New Zealand, occasionally to the United States from 2006 to 2008, I walked 15,500 kilometres around the world praying for the unity of the church. And that's my full time job now is unpacking the lessons from that walk around the world and, uh, and working with students. So I work with around, work with around 10,000 students a year. And, and I do mention to the students and to the staff members, I run professional development days for staff that the walk around the world and nearly dying 11 times. As difficult as that journey was, actually wasn't the most difficult part of my life. The most difficult part of my life was a few years later when I got married. And one week into marriage, realized that uh, not everything was as I'd thought. And then it was a year and a half later that we were separated. uh, And then the annulment process began with divorce. And so I am divorced. I am annulled. I'm very much single at the moment. So uh, it is a, a very personal part of my life, but it is certainly uh, part of my journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we're so honoured that you are opening up to talk about this when it's not the thing that you talk about as much as that walk all around the world, praying for Christian unity. Do you mind sharing a bit about your own story, you know, whatever you're comfortable sharing um, about that?
2: Well, it's a very difficult subject to speak about because it involves someone else and she's not here. Mm. She's not here to defend herself and and there might be things that I would say where she would genuinely roll her eyes and say... (laughs) No, but, but I, you can, as you can imagine, the fact that we aren't married, there were issues there. So, what I might do is, ask, particularly for the listeners, is, is just begin with the reason for annulment. I've been granted an annulment on the grounds of being inveigled by deceit, right? Which is pretty heavy when you think about it that there was a deliberate deception. However, I will say this in her defense, it wasn't out of malice. I think it was more out of a, a genuine desire to be loved but feeling that if the whole truth was there that, that the marriage wouldn't go ahead as you can imagine for me extraordinarily confusing to and it wasn't that I got all the information at once and so trying to get to the bottom of what has happened and how we've ended up at this point and we had dated for a little over 1 year um, I then proposed, we were engaged for 10, 10 months. Um, so I, I think time-wise, and we knew each other for a number of years before we started dating, mm. so I think time-wise it was, it was normal. There, there was a little bit of apprehension leading up to the wedding. There was some threads beginning to, to show, uh, but I wasn't getting any straight answers at that point. And I do remember, honestly, standing at the altar not filled with love but filled with hope. I hope the person I'm marrying is who I think it is. And then it was actually funny enough on the way to the honeymoon that the, I guess that the main thread unravels. We were kind of on eggshells from that point on and, and trying to both work together and be a married couple, but also trying to get to the bottom of what was, what was going on. And it, it was a difficult, it was a difficult subject to raise. I think we need counseling. Thankfully. When I did raise it, she happened to have been talking to her mum that day and her mum had suggested it. And one of the issues we dealt with was how we communicate. It's funny. This is, this is where it gets really difficult because I'm talking about someone else. As you said, it isn't here to defend themselves, but we used to term it robust conversations. Yeah. Um, some would call it arguments. We were on eggshells, quite literally. So it was difficult to bring that up. Um, but we, we went off to counseling. Eventually the counselor just, we had access. Oh no, that's right. We had. Both decided that we weren't getting anywhere with a counsellor. I went and chatted to someone working in the Office for Marriage and Family Planning in the Archdiocese of Sydney mm-hmm. and just explained the situation and, and asked for help. And this particular person uh, suggested an consecrated sister who works as a counsellor. So we went off to see her and, if anything, I've got to be honest, that was, that was a relief. That sister said, she looked at my wife and said, you're as hard as a rock and looked at me and said and you're smashed I'd like you to separate for a period of time and I'd like to work with you individually and and because I was the one who was in the position of feeling a bit smashed um, I guess I was more than okay with that but my wife did not agree with that in fact said if we separate that's it it's over that was that was really difficult to work with and then the, the counsellor. Just said, Would you mind seeing a psychologist who I know? So we went off to see the psychologist and we just, and that helped. That was fantastic as well to, to be able to put on the table what the facts were, not just where there was a misunderstanding or disagreement. Eventually got to a point where I had to sit down and write out everything about the situation. And it was to try and separate what was detrimental to the marriage and what was just normal issues in relationships Mm. and once i'd done that and was able to see quite clearly okay these are what the really big issues are and they are significant uh and then talking to a few people parish priest my bishop and the psychologist and all of them saying it was actually it was actually the, the bishop who said i don't think you've been able to fix your marriage because i don't think you have one we understand marriage to be a, a, a contract, a covenant, and there are certain things that, that define marriage. As, a, as Catholics, would believe there is a genuine definition of what marriage is, which means there is also a lot of things that aren't. So in the end, I I agreed that that we likely didn't have a marriage. The problem is we're still married, and at the time, I was genuinely scared of her. Now, we are on talking terms again many years later, and that's, so that has changed. But at the time, the fact was I was scared of her, so I didn't want to bring it up. And as it turns out, in the end, she raised it. So she brought it up and, and basically made the call and, and said, either you're in or you're out. And I said, I still think we should separate. I said, well, that's it. So I packed my gear and moved in with some, some Catholic mates, and that was the most horrific part. That was when all of a sudden it felt like I was walking around with the biggest label on my head. And the worst part about it was so many people made assumptions and that's the horrible thing is that people can see something or they hear something and they run with that. It mm-hmm. was a really hard time to, to, to navigate through um, and it was really only my my family and closest friends who did know what was going on and where that support was. Um, you feel like you you lose your name. All of a sudden, you are a divorcee. You're not Sam Clear who walked around the world. You're not Sam Clear from Tasmania. You're just, you're the divorced person. What I hated was that the first part of annulment is you have to divorce. I don't think a lot of people realise that.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask a couple of questions about that. Like you mentioned that you've got this label, but then you're not just divorced; you're also now annulled. I'm annulled. So what
2: does that mean technically? That I can refer to my ex as my ex girlfriend? I don't we know.
1: Married? There was no marriage. Have you pondered that? Have you? Come I have with an pondered that. No,
2: no, no. I have. I, I even say to some of my friends sometimes, um, "My ex ex girlfriend." And they say, "Which one?" I said, "No, my ex so ex." Technically,
1: maybe just I like wasn't ex and leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. My ex. Yeah. I'll leave
2: it at that. <laughs> and it's not. And I think we should say this: it's not that you get a clean slate and you start again. You know, it was there and, and I didn't date for all those years. So from separation in mid 2012, the annulment didn't come through until late 2017.
1: So as of five years. What happens in those five years? Like what I
2: make good friends. I pray a lot. I went to the gym a lot. <laughs> Actually, Father Rob and I went to the gym in in the Holy Land in Jerusalem. So one time (laughs) one
1: time time. you went to the gym. (laughs)
2: It's one time. No, no, I did hit the gym pretty hard, but that was part of, I think, the the coping mechanism Mm. through that. And that was really difficult. And the reason that that I didn't date was that whilst there was a a very strong assumption that there wasn't a marriage, I do live with the assumption that I might be. Mm. And and so that had to be honoured. So I stayed single. I actually wore my wedding ring for the entirety of the time until the annulment process had finished. That was horrible. I didn't like that. But I accept and I, I genuinely do accept that, that that is the way it should be. The annulment process, though, I found actually quite healing. I've heard other people who struggled with the, you do a questionnaire to start with, I think it's 14 questions. Hmm. And I've heard some people say they found that very confronting, very difficult. But because I had beforehand done my whole list of trying to separate it out and yeah. what, what was just standard stuff and, and what really was detrimental, when I looked at the questions, I thought, oh, I've got this already. It's like cut and paste. And there was other bits I had to fill out. But I found the process quite um, uh, comforting and, mm. and, and dealing with people in, in the marriage tribunal. Obviously, if they're working in that as their workspace, their ministry, you're not going to be there if you lack compassion. So to work with them. I, did, I was very happy to get a judge who was renowned for being orthodox and hard, he would say no. I was actually yeah. really happy to get that because I think annulment specifically has a reputation in some circles as just Catholic divorce. Yeah. It, it didn't work, so we'll give you an annulment so you can have another go. Whereas the judge that I got was actually one of the guys who would, one of these priests who would often just say, no, you are married. Th- that, that that set me at ease a bit that, okay, this has been done properly.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that would set many people at ease. I think it says a lot about you and your faith and the importance of this annulment process.
2: I think the, the anxiety that I went through before separation and the anxiety I went through in that time of separation before the annulment began was that, yes, I believe that there was no marriage, but at the same by the same token, yes, I believe that marriage is an extraordinary sacrament and that needs to be upheld.
1: So through all of this, like it has... As you mentioned, it was a very long process. It was five years from separation to the annulment being finalised. What was it like when it came through?
2: So complicated because in one sense, do you celebrate – I mean, there was utter relief, but do you celebrate the fact that you were inveigled by deceit? It's like saying, yes, you lost. You, it's, a, it's such a bizarre thing. But the overwhelming sense was one of relief. Normally the nomad process wouldn't have taken that long. It was stretched out because of a couple of technicalities that happened during it. Um, And I'm just using the word technicalities to not talk about exactly. (laughs) It's a nice
1: blanket statement. Yeah, it's a blanket statement. It took a little bit longer. It took a
2: lot longer. Yeah. Um, Even the judge from the tribunal rang me at one point. I was at home on the farm in Tasmania. I was actually raking hay. and got a phone call from the judge just to explain why it was going to take another year. Wow. And when I received the phone call, it was already about a year to a year and a half overdue. So when I got the phone call, I thought, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, this is it. Yeah. So I've, I've stopped the tractor.
1: A serious the, phone call. So yeah, have stopped yeah. the vehicle. I've stopped, I've stopped
2: the tractor. <laughs> I'm listening. And, and he's, for him to say it's going to take another year and just there was a sense of it's, it's never happening. mm And so when the annulment did come through, I was actually, I had just finished running a reflection day for students in Canberra. I had jumped on a bus and was driving up to Sydney to do a speaking engagement that night in Sydney. And I had some missed phone calls. And one of the missed phone calls was from the tribunal. And so I rang them back, quite nervous and excited. And she was very chirpy from the outset. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is weird. And it was. She said, I'm, I'm very pleased to tell you that, that the decision's been made and it's been declared null and void. You are a null.
1: Seems like such a big thing just to get a phone call on a bus from Canberra to, it to be It was horrible <laughs> because I'm sitting on a
2: bus. All I wanted to do for literally, you know, um, the Cheshire Cat, who just smiles the the most. I'm sitting on this bus filled with people going from Canberra to Sydney with this massive smile on my face. And honestly, it's the only time it's ever happened in my life where all I wanted to do was swear really loudly in celebration. And I texted that to a friend, a married couple, and the wife. She texted me back and said, I think the word you're looking for is alleluia. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, it is. Good friends to have. Oh,
2: great friends to have. <laughs> um, so it was It was bizarre to be sitting on a bus and be mute. Mm. I've made a, a living out of talking about the stuff about the walk around the world. It's cool mm. stories. This is the first time I've actually sat down and talked about going through divorce and annulment. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not a cool story. That hurts. But that's where Jesus is in the midst of our suffering and mm. and inviting us to pick up our cross and carry it and we don't want to do that at times the cross hurts Mm. splinters it's heavy Mm. he's in there with us and and there is hope it doesn't mean though that that the pain's just going to go straight away and it was a long journey i said the walk around the world that was 568 days three times at gunpoint four times knife point, uh, beaten up, stung by a scorpion, face-to-face with a puma, multiple severe dehydration with organ failure, or oh, two-bedroom invasions.
1: Horrendous list. Yeah, yeah, really yep. bad stuff.
2: And yet yeah, it, it was that five years going through the divorce and annulment that I that, that that's where the, the real pressure was.
1: Wow. Like, thank you so much for speaking about this because, as you mentioned, it's – it's a big thing to talk about. It's very personal. There's another person involved and it's not something that you have spoken about before publicly, I guess, in such detail. So we are really like honoured that you have spoken about this and sharing your story. Is there any advice that you might have for someone that has to go through the annulment process?
2: Be gentle. Uh, be, I think also be specific in who you talk to. Um, There's a tendency to to want everyone to understand how miserable and how unjust this was and whatever it might be. But try where possible to be specific in who you air that dirty laundry to. Um, Also try to, and this is very hard and I didn't do this well, try to defend the other person. Hmm. If they aren't there to defend themselves, try to defend them. It is very difficult, particularly if you feel like people are blaming you and you believe genuinely it's not your fault. It's it's tough, but love your enemies. Mm. And in this occasion, the other half might be the enemy in a genuine way. So love your enemies, try to defend each other. The other thing I would say for anyone going through a separation or you think that there are grounds for annulment, simply to go into the tribunal, they are very welcoming and... Many of the people there, quite genuinely, if they can, they'll help you to get your marriage back on track mm-hmm. if possible. They may also be able to point out to you what, the, what grounds are for annulment and what aren't. I think it's very important that we don't ever use annulment as it didn't work and I want to move on because I want to be with this person now. Mm-hmm. We've really got to hold up what marriage is there. Now, also, can I say something too for anyone who is going to get married? Just one thing that I learnt, that being that anything that's a problem now, marriage doesn't fix it, and it can be used as an excuse. And I still, I still cringe when I hear it, where someone says, "Oh, yeah, we're really struggling with this, but oh look, once we're married, it'll be okay." No, 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 no. If anything, and talking, this isn't just from my own experience, but talking to my friends who have beautiful marriages, Mm. anything that was an issue before marriage becomes a bigger issue once you are married. Don't just use marriage as a band-aid. Mm. So out of love for each other, try to bring about unity yeah. in those areas. We already know you. there are some sore points.
1: Thank you so much for coming in today, Sam, and having this discussion. It's really an honor to be able to hear this story um, about your own experience through divorce and annulment because it's not something that I think is spoken about because it is very personal. So thank you for sharing that and giving us an insight into what that process looks like when you actually go through it and the struggles and the pain and also the joy as well, as you said. So thank you very much for that. We'll be praying for you Thanks. as well um, for your ministry. And, yeah, thank you very much. God bless. You're
2: very welcome. God bless.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today for this Catholic Influences podcast. We hope that you've learned something more about divorce and annulment. If you want to learn more about Sam Clear and his incredible walk around the world praying for Christian unity, head to samuelclear.com. We would love hearing from you, so please reach out and get in touch at frgministry.com forward slash podcast or any of our social medias, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at frgministry. Until next time, God bless.